It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The IDP Pro Manager Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. About $100? Get $100. Easy as that. At sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. At sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use the promo code MADNESS for 10% off orders of $40 or more. Happy Friday and welcome to the IDP Pro Manager Podcast. We are excited to be talking some safety, some DBs today. Hopefully your world is treating you well. I got a little snow outside and hopefully that allows me to stay with the show all day today. But, you know, we never know what happens. I'm joined by always two of the greatest names in fantasy football, Craig Reef and the tipster Gary. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Craig, how is the world treating you up there? The snow's done with us for the most part, and that's why it's headed your way, I think. That means the kids today uh, got a day early start on their spring break, so hopefully they're not going to be jumping around above my head too much. <laughs> I might have run around as well. I know the feeling. Gary, how we doing, brother? How's the world treating you over there in Ohio? Well, as soon as this is over and I figure out which cat it was that chewed on my uh, uh, windscreen cover here, well, I'll be in a little bit better mood, but a uh, nice little chew spot out of there. Don't you love pets? I love pets. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Ready to talk football. It's always a good time when you get to talk some football. And, and this is the last show before free agency, so we're going to know a bunch of crazy landing spots and all the things that are to come, so I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about next week as free agency frenzy will be happening. But this week we're giving you our top 12 DBs. So these are these are a consensus between the three of us. We put our heads together, shook that magic eight ball, and we're giving you our top 12. So it's going to be fun today. So if you have questions, as always, drop them in the comments. We will absolutely answer them. Like, subscribe to all the things we ask you to do because we appreciate it. And with that being said, number one, Derwin James from the Chargers. So this Chargers team, it's a playoff team that maybe didn't uh, fare as well as they'd hoped. They're going to retool, maybe add a few pieces, and, and hopefully go for it again. But Derwin James is kind of the leader of it. Craig, how do you feel about him from a fantasy perspective? Is he, is he a you know three, five-year type guy for you, or, or what are you doing with him? He certainly could be. And if he stays healthy, I think he will be. You know, he had some spurts of health issues earlier on in his career as far as bigger things. We only played five games and then missed a whole season in his second and third years. He still, you know, isn't probably going to give you a full season uh, going forward just because, I, what is it, year one maybe he did. And beyond that, you know, he's missed a couple games here and there. But when he's on the field, he was sort of one of those first few defensive backs where you seeing the NFL evolving to guys that can sort of do it all. You know, they can be guys that are back there in coverage. They're great against the run. They're able to 
cover the big tight ends and stuff, and they can still make big plays, sacks, tackles for a loss. So he's one of those do-it-all guys that um, I still really love having on my team. The only thing that you know is in the back of my mind is the availability pieces. Is he going to be there all year? And it, you accept that he probably isn't, and maybe have a better third defensive back you know, on your bench if you're starting two or something. But as far as guys, when he's on the field, he's you know, right at the top of what I want. Gary, Derwin James. Oh, yeah, perfect prototype safety. I mean, Craig covered it all. The the He wasn't quite at the top for me, longevity, dynasty-wise, in our consensus, but that's simply just because of those things that that uh, Craig's mentioned. His He's going to keep producing at this elite level as long as he's a pro bowler and healthy. You know, there's no reason not to go ahead and get that next five or six years out of him, or at least the ceiling that we're hoping for when he is on the field, especially when you compare the stock of de- and the uh, amount of defensive backs that you can maybe not completely replace Derwin James' uh, points average each week with, but you can come awful damn close to where you don't take a hit. Like if you lose a... Uh, wide receiver one, uh, odds are you're not recovering that on depth, you know, exactly like that, or you would have been starting whatever that depth person was to begin with. Am correct? I don't know. I mean, you start your best players, right? It's kind of yeah. how that was supposed to work. Right. So, Derman James is definitely a guy that I think, um, you know, as long as you have solid number two or solid guy to replace him for those times that he is hurt. You know, I have no problem going all in and expecting him to still be around for quite a few years to go. And it's kind of why he's number one on our list, but you know, it never hurts to, and, and really, I guess that goes for any position, right? Never hurts to have a good backup just in case. Number two on the list is another guy. It definitely needs to be having a good backup because he keeps getting hurt too. That's Buda Baker from the Cardinals. Right. Mm-hmm. So Greg, where are you at with Buda Baker? And, and this guy feels like maybe he's a little bit closer to the end of the beginning than Derwin James is, right? Yeah, age ways, you know, he's half a year, a year older, but he's one of those names that's been big in the IDP community pretty much since he came into the league. Uh, you know, he didn't start all of his first season, but he played well, and then he's pretty much been a stalwart of that Cardinals defense since then. The thing that I like about him is, you know, pretty much consistently he's going to be hitting that 100 tackle ceiling for you when you talk about combined tackles how things are going to go with that defense there now that the coach from the eagles gannon is the head coach there it'll be interesting but having two good safeties which they do there in thompson i think thompson is still under contract in baker um, Mm -hmm. it's a nice situation to be especially when the team really hasn't figured out anything beyond their top cornerback for quite a while and as they're retooling the front and trying to figure out linebackers i think there's still going to be opportunities Mm -hmm. for both of them you just saw, you know, with Thompson emerging, that very tippy top of his ceiling, you're probably not going to get. You're probably going to be sitting around that 95 to 120 tackle mark, which, again, if you're telling me that's the ceiling when he's going to get you a couple of big plays, you know, in terms of pass deflections or sacks or whatever, I'm happy with that for my top guy. Another guy I feel you can just sort of set in your starting lineup if he's healthy and you're going to get nice production out of. I would agree. Gary, what do you think? I'll a lot less injury concern with Buda Baker. So, you know, yeah. uh, his his yearly ceiling might not be as high as what Jerwin James's is if he's, you know, they're both play the uh, full season. 
But when you think about Buda Baker's consistency over the seasons, even though he has fluctuated, uh, I think it was just last year when Jalen Thompson broke out all of a sudden for whatever reason. Uh, Well, probably due to their inside linebacker situation. But with with Buda Baker, he's just going to hang up there, that top five and consistency for us. And there's no reason it, you know, uh, what is he, 26, 27, or just in his prime? I mean, considering he, he's, he, as long as he's healthy and can stay that way, there's no reason to think that he can't lead the league in fantasy points any given season. I would agree with you. I would think that and with a guy like Buddha. Point. Oh, go ahead, Craig. No, finish your thought, Brad. It's fine. Oh no, I was I was just gonna say Buddha's one of those guys that um you know I love him as a as a player because you know you he's so smart, right? Like he's a he's a field general of sorts. He sees very well and can make plays and be a ball hawk, which you know you gotta love in, in IDP because you want some of those big plays sprinkled in there. So that was just kind of the thought I was adding to what you guys are saying. Come Mr. on, Craig. Craig, tell me tell me what you're saying, man. Yeah, what I mean, was you thinking? I mean, Thompson's been over 100 combined tackles with Buddha each of the past couple of years here. And Thompson's only in the league four years, but Buddha has continued to excel with Thompson there. So that really doesn't worry me a whole lot. You know, like we saw last year with Petrie and Jonathan Owens, is that going to continue for Houston given the abysmal state of their linebackers? One of them's probably going to fall off. Most people think it's probably Owens. But you always run that risk when you haven't seen it for a couple of years in a row. Mm-hmm. Well, something that is not going to fall off, this. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting, same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets, build your own bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win getting down with NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet 100, get 100. Limited to state availability. And, of course, for you DGENs, only if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, so now we're talking about Gary's favorite defensive back, Minka Fitzpatrick from the Steelers. I know we've t- we've heard Gary talk about him a couple times here recently. So, Gary, you start us off with him. What do you love about him, and what makes him such a good long-term high-end DB in fantasy? Well, he's moved up my boards for the last couple of years as as he's added the combined tackles we needed to see. Uh, I think we've seen it with the slide of the Steelers' defense as well. Um, so he is still super young. He stays fairly healthy all all season long. Um, I think long term, when I when I rank ranked him, you know, I'm thinking at that top end five year window. And longer, so um, I'm not sure if Derwin James and Buddha Baker can, you know, play in what they're at least two to three years old. You're older, I believe. Uh, they're the same age on that. Oh, Fitzpatrick is. Yeah, P- Fitzpatrick is the same age as Derwin. Is he? Wow, uh, I still trust Fitzpatrick at this point. It's kind of mm-hmm. like putting Max Crosby at the top of my deal. 
when you have Nick Boza and, and Miles Garrett at two and three. You know, I, I've, I've, I'm highlighting Fitzpatrick this year. I, I like, I like what we're seeing in the future with the the team as a whole. What are they going to do? They need a quarterback. They need a lot of things to happen on the offensive side of the ball. The uh, defensive side of the ball is getting longer in the tooth. We still have a situation where, like with Miles Jack last year in the linebacker position, he was rolling. We thought we finally got that gold, and he wasn't there. We seen spilling. The only consistency coming out of this entire defense has been Fitzpatrick uh, in this in this last few years, and I'm I'm going to think that he's going to continue to be there for the next five to ten years, doing exactly the same thing, cleaning up the mess in front of them <laughs> and making plays. Yeah, they have, they have kind of missed the boat on some of these uh, defensive picks over the last few years. You know, the Devin Bushes of the world and some of these guys. So, I mean, until they really can can nail down uh, some elite edge rushers, mm-hmm. uh, some help for the defensive line. I mean, because Cam is is not getting younger. I mean, that's it. Really, is a, a good spot to be in for a guy like Fitzpatrick, who is a solid tackler, who was a steal to get from Dolphins when the Dolphins decided mm-hmm. to shoot the shoot the pooch and uh, trade him for some odd reason. Craig, how do you feel about Minka? I mean, I like him. I have him near the top here, too. My concern is that the Steelers have been trying to fix that linebacker spot, and if they do end up fixing it, it's going to, I think, eat into his tackles. You see, Mm -hmm. even comparing the past two years, he played in one more game in 21, but he ended up with like 30-some combined more tackles. They had better linebacker play this past year, which I think ate into that a little bit, and I think you know if they go out and get – even a Tremaine Edmonds, like his name, just because he's been thrown around a lot, that they plug right. in there in the middle, it's probably going to reduce his upside. And he doesn't get you really, you know, sacks, tackles for a loss. He is mainly a guy out there in coverage getting you tackles, which is fine. It's been working for him the past couple of years. Uh, but I just, I'm not as keen on that situation remaining terrible. The Steelers are a good organization. I think they've been working to find a solution and they're going to find one in the next year or two. Absolutely. All right. So we got another guy here. We're going to hit our young player slate at this point, because these are some young guys that we're into. First one, Jaquan Brisker. Uh, The team struggled last year, but he looked really good. Craig, what is your take on this kid? Uh, Do you think as they upgrade this defense and add some pieces, does this affect him much? Or do you think he's going to be really good in IDP for a, a while to come? Yeah, I certainly think he's going to be good in IDP for a while. I have him as a top five guy myself. I have him in a number of leagues because I didn't end up with a whole lot of Kyle Hamilton myself. And, you know, usually there's a break after the top couple going into a draft. And Hamilton was sort of the guy with where he was drafted and what he did in college. But Brisker was really good in college, too. And he's one of those hard-hitting safeties that can play up near the line or like a linebacker and be physical and get you those tackles. He's not afraid to be like that. He's not a guy that's going to be just left in coverage. And he showed that last year. He showed a ton for being a rookie. Yeah, it was in a similar situation where there wasn't a whole lot of great linebacker play in front of him. Steelers probably have their offense and some of those weapons figured out better than the Bears at this point. The Bears just need help on everything. They're not going to turn around and, you know, be a playoff potential team this year. It's going to be a couple of years to figure it out. And with what we've seen of linebackers, I don't think they're going to run out and just throw a ton of money at it because you can find guys later in the draft or cheaper guys to try to plug in there. So I think the opportunity for Brisker is going to continue to be there. And with his age and what he showed, he certainly belongs in the top 10 or 12. 
Well, in Chicago proved that they do that, right? Jack Sanborn. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, late round guy they like that that played significant reps. So, Gary, what's your what's your take on Brisker? I mean, the most impressive part was how after Roquan Smith exited left and you had the whole situation, you had Nicholas Morrow was the only veteran, you know, that really had any experience running anything in that in that level of the defense. But uh, Brisker showed out well. He he stepped in, just like Craig said, and he ran that, uh, helped run that secondary and defense. It, it didn't have a pass rush. So, I, I mean, you got to give the whole, the, the kid a buy on how the team performed. Don't do, you know, don't, don't go, go there. We're, I'm saying for that first year rookie, dude had nothing but green flags all the way across the board. Um, comparably to say Jalen Petrie, where I don't think that he played up to par as well to the challenge as what uh, Brisker did. And I think there's some, some validity there, right? Like Brisker was a solid tackle. You know, Mm -hmm. he had no problem bringing guys down where we we've mentioned a few times. Petrie's uh, you know, had a little, had a little trouble there. Obviously that's something you can fix, but Brisker definitely looked a lot more clean throughout the season that's for sure i would agree with you Uh, and something else that looks clean this we're also brought to you by underdog fantasy underdog fantasy is heating up for march madness college pick'em is a great way to get in on the action especially if your bracket is busted on day one plus underdog fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code sgpn for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to 100 bucks that's underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn all right, so next up, we're going to talk Jeremy Chin. This guy's been around for a minute, but he brings, you know, solid production. He's been he's been very very good, but with the new coaching staff with with a lot of changes going on there, do we see the same thing out of him, Gary? I'll give it to you first. Do you think uh Frank Reich's going to hurt his value or help his value? Give me one second. No, you're fine. He's thinking about it. He's contemplating. He's uh, buffering. Well, <clears throat> old reliable here. I thought we'd go to Craig first. So I, I, I threw <laughs> me off. Toes. Well, I, I, I didn't I, even I, hear I, that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just Can we just, hey, guys, look, commercial ended. Bam. <laughs> All right. Jeremy Chin. This is a guy that will be interested to see what happens with him. We're going to flip to Gary first. Give me your take on Jeremy Chin. What do you think about him? Well, I don't think we were ever really going to see that elite dude that we thought we had his rookie season. I think he is that player, but I don't think we're going to have that IDP play like we thought. I think we're going to see him transform more into that safety position. Um, I'm not really 100% sure how his role will be in this new defensive scheme that you guys have brought up a long time ago. I believe they're what, switching to the 3-4. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, I, I mean, do we think that they insert him into a linebacker? As far as I have seen, which I got to admit, I've not like looked him up this morning. Uh, I don't think that would be the plan. And so I, I just think he's just another good defensive back to have, and I wasn't going to like overvalue him like I did last year, <laughs> you know. I just, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I believe would have been two times, right? Because he's had his rookie season, then he mm-hmm. had a slump at sophomore year, third year mixed review. Am I right? No. 
All right, he got so, injured last year, which is part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, just that mixed review just kind of does it for me. So he slid down a little bit here. So Craig, what's uh, what's your take on? I know he's a guy that you've been you brought up originally way back in our earlier days streaming together. How do you feel about him now? Yeah, I mean, I feel about the same. Uh, to Gary's point, if he's not sort of using that hybrid linebacker role, he's probably never reaching that ceiling that people were hoping for for like a better season than when he had his rookie year. Second year, he you know was approximately the same. But if you look at like fantasy points wise, what people are going to see. Like, oh, you know, he did so much different. Well, he had two touchdowns in the same game, I think, his rookie year, which is going to inflate your mm-hmm. IDP stats. Uh, but you take that away, it was pretty similar his second year. Last year, he only played in 11 games, so you know, that's going to push him down. And he is a little bit older than you think. You know, he's in his third year, but he's 25. It's not that far off than the guys that we talked about at the top. So he stayed in college longer. But I think he could end up being, if you're talking similar systems with a defensive coordinator coming over from Denver, you could get someone like Justin Simmons out of Jeremy Chin for the course of his career, which I, for IDP purposes, you got to be happy if you got him on a, a cheap rookie pick at that point and have kept him. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, next up, Atlanta's Richie Grant. So he did pretty well. Uh, this team is still kind of transitioning, you know, still back to square one with a lot of pieces on offense and, and even some of the stuff on defense, you know, they drafted a lot of young guys last year, Troy Anderson and Ketty and, and Richie Grant and some of these guys. Uh, Grant looked pretty solid. I mean, not spectacular, but definitely looked like the, the trajectory is going up. We won't mess with Gary this time. We'll go right back to the well. Craig, what do you think about Richie Grant? Well, if you asked me, and uh, you probably did a, a year ago after his first year when I was thinking, I had a lot of concerns. Uh, because you talk about even older, he's going into his third year and he's turning 26 in November. So age, definitely you want to be seeing it out of him now because you don't want to be waiting three years when he's going to be 28 or 29 during the season. But his second year, he committed to one, playing him, and two, playing him as a safety as opposed to that huge just cornerback fiasco his rookie year. A lot of places even going into 2022 had him listed as cornerback possibility as far as eligibility but he played mainly at safety and he gave you what you wanted i mean he got you past deflections a couple picks over 120 combined tackles this is what you want you want reliable tackles out of your safeties and then you know to get bumped up you want a guy that can make you some big plays whether it's interceptions pds tackles for a loss stuff like that we've seen that out of richie grant so assuming everything continues to go forward in a positive trajectory He's going to be a guy that you're going to want on your team for a while. He's got a great athletic profile. Same thing that we sort of talked about and see a trend with some of this. Not great linebacker play in front of him. You know, Rashawn Evans got a ton of tackles. Walker and Anderson, when they're in the field, did. But if you're talking about at NFL level, they weren't cleaning up all those messes in front of him. A lot of that stuff, especially in coverage, was getting back to that secondary, which is where he got his tackle. So is that going to continue? You're going to have to pay attention to that linebacking core in front of him because just talked about with the guy that we talked before once it gets cleaned up in front of him a bit those tackle opportunities go down a little bit too gary what do you want to add to that (laughs) i want to say that i'm going to go left and i'm going to say him and delpit which is our next guy i put these two in the same basket I feel like they're in the same kind of situation, similar team. 
some of the roles for their teams. Um, I believe their ages are identical. Maybe their averages are really close. And their consistency is developed, and that's what I'm really interested in for that next four to five-year window, probably. Um, I Here's where I start kind of finding a line where everybody underneath here has more questions than answers. And everybody above this line that we've already covered have more answers answered, I guess you could say, uh, if that makes any sense. So with with that being said, I'll just let uh, Craig tell us about Delphit, man. I'm interested. I'm a fan. Well, I mean, Delpit was a really physical guy in college and that translated over to the NFL, but he kind of got forgotten in that draft class because he didn't play at all his rookie years. Rookie years 2020, didn't play anything. Played a little bit after, you know, as far as they had those three safeties they were using because they used Harrison a lot along with Johnson and now Delpit being healthy. I think Johnson's gone already, or they said he's going to be gone from that team. So Delpit appears to be secured a starting role ahead of him. But again, it's sounding old at this point, but they couldn't figure out linebacker ahead of him. I think we're losing you a little bit, Craig. With what went up in the middle because of their – yeah, I – I can see that now, apparently. <laughs> but uh, That's they have right, to man. figure out that linebacking core. I mean, it was just terrible last year in terms of efficiency. So when that improves, Delpit's a strong safety and one of those throwbacks used up near the front. Is that going to continue for, for him? He certainly has the talent, but how is that defense going to look now is sort of the question with him. Mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing is from a fantasy perspective, we've seen him, you know, similar to Del- or uh, to Richie Grant, He's gone up, you know, last year, I think he finishes like safety 12 on the year, you know, and before that he was, he was lower, you know, after mm-hmm. his 2020 season, 2021 looked solid 2022, even better. You know, the, the hope is that Andy's younger too, right? Richie Grant's what 26, you know, Delbert's 24. So if you're looking for, you know, for minor discrepancies between the two, mm-hmm. I mean, ages a little bit, the way they play is definitely different, right? I mean, Delbert is considerably more aggressive yeah. as a as a as a tackler and, and in defense than than Grant is. Grant's more more of a finesse guy, kind of trying to be a ball hawk uh, in a sense. But either way, they're both really good, but definitely not as good as this cause. Fact: The National Breast Cancer Foundation reports that a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer every two minutes. And we already know finding new innovations in research, surgical options, and clinical trials is essential to finding a cure. And to all those fantasy football ladies that may be listening, we also know with early detection your survival rate goes up. And that's why breast self-exams are very important, and the best way to give your old girls their best fighting chance to win the championship. So, with all that being said, the fellas here at the IDP Pro Players Pod would like to remind everyone, the National Breast Cancer Foundation does take donations, so please... Go and give what you can, and let's give our mothers, our wives, our sisters, and every woman, the support, the resources, and maybe even more importantly, the hope, by knowing we all really do care. And we do really care. We also really care about this next guy, Antoine Winfield from Tampa Bay. All right, so uh, this is a guy that I know Craig loves, so I'm going to let Craig take it away and tell us all about the glorious, glorious Antoine Winfield. Yeah, I mean, going into the 2020 draft, he was my favorite safety. Um, he's just like his dad. You know, it's a weird thing to say, but, you know, he's a smaller safety that a lot of people sort of had discounted leading up to stuff. Uh, but he's shown that he's a playmaker. 
And even over the past couple seasons, as his tackles have gone down from that rookie year, last year he only played in 13 games. He had career highs in sacks and tackles for a loss. He's still making you big plays because he just has a nose for the ball. And there's a lot of these legacy players in the NFL that end up panning out. And I like drafting them. Brad, you and I are like a couple Debbie leagues. I really like those guys because they know what it takes to succeed. They know the work ethic. Now, whether or not they actually do it, I mean, you should have some idea by the time someone's done with college if they have that figured out. But he has that tradition in his family, and he's sort of playing the same as his dad did, and I just love him. I mean, he's out there. He has the right attitude, especially for a guy who's smaller, to be able to go out there. For him, it's just a matter of is he going to stay healthy or is he going to be playing more of those like 13 games we've seen the past two years. I'm normally willing to take a shot on kind of bloodlines, right? Like, yep. uh, you know, uh, that's why I like BJ Ojalari, one of the rookies coming out. You know, when when your family knows how to make it to the league or or coach in the league or, or and connection at all, I mean, that's at least intriguing enough to take a look at. And and if nothing else, you stash him. Well, Winfield wasn't a guy that you stashed for long because he became very relevant very quickly. Because if you work hard enough and you bring the best intelligence to the field, size doesn't really matter, right? We've seen undersized guys produce well in fantasy for years now, but that doesn't always that doesn't always translate. So there's always kind of that give and take. Gary, what do you think about Winfield going forward? I think both him and Devin White are going to be fairly busy as they do something about this aging defense in front of them. I mean, they have a lot to do. They did draft uh, a rookie defensive lineman last year, but they, you know, they depended on Akeem Hicks, which is, I believe, like 33 or 34 or something, which he turned around and got hurt. So mm-hmm. they had a replacement level. I can't even remember who that was, but they had no production coming off. The uh, defensive end, what was his name? I can't remember. Troy or uh, I can't remember. Was it Logan Joe Tryon? Oh, Joe Tryon. He, yeah, he. I mean, he showed a little, little bit, you know, but he still clearly has a lot of development. Uh, there's the guy that was like really sneaky. I'm sorry, I'm going this guy, that guy, the left fielder who's on fifth. So, but the other, the other end actually, he now that I remember was actually catching my attention because he wasn't getting much love at all. If you would look at the other uh, edge rusher for me, that would be sweet. I think that was, but was. Hall that you mentioned. Yeah, Logan Hall, I believe, was the other one. Oh, yeah. he. Oh, no, Logan Hall was the rookie, right? Defensive lineman. I'm talking about the opposite. Oh, you're talking about the vet. Let me just pull up their roster. Yeah, he was like some kind of uh, special teams guy for a while. But either way, he his percentages came up. He actually started making, but this is uh, making some pressure. Edwards is uh, uh, TD or wait a minute, their safety. Edwards is a free agent. Will he resign? I don't know. Uh, but when we look at what they're going to have to do for the next two or three years, at least we're not going to see a big turnaround on this defense. I don't think there's a quick fix for this whole organization or this team. Uh, for them to compete, you know, or keep competing, they're all kind of following Brady. <laughs> you know, they're all they're all older. It, it's yeah, they just, went it's all just in. A matter of right. fact, right, right. So that window is closed, and uh, what you have left is probably your best two assets on the uh, IDP defensive side of the ball, and that's White and um, uh, Winfield. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you mean Vernon Golston. I think Golston was the other edge piece that was older that were potentially maybe. Go ahead. We're going to circle back. I want to look this bit up. Go ahead. Well, we'll continue um, on. While you look up your guy, we're going to go on to the next guy, which was a guy that I was a big fan of. Wound up being safety one last year in IDP. That's Jalen Petrie from Houston Texans. Now, obviously, uh, when I'm looking at rookies, I look at opportunity, and uh, Petrie had perfect opportunity. As much as I loved Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton went to one of the weird spots, at, at least at that time. Now, obviously, with the Chuck Clark trade to the Jets, it's a little more sense to me. Uh, Petrie comes in, produces a crazy amount of points because they just couldn't stop anybody. So he was constantly having to bring guys down. Uh, Craig... How do you feel about Petrie moving forward as they try to turn this defense around with a new coaching staff and maybe some new defensive players here early in the first round of this draft? How do you feel about Petrie moving forward? My concern with him is that have we seen his best season that he's going to have because of just the mess that was in front of him? You know, you talk about a safety hitting 147 combined tackles along with those big plays, interceptions, pass deflections, tackles for a loss. I really like him. I still have him high up on my list. It's just a matter of if people are chasing that, thinking they're going to get that year after year, he's going to keep reaching higher than that. I think they're going to be disappointed. He's got a lot bright future ahead of him. He's certainly in a good position with they're not going to fix that team overnight, but you, you can't go chasing what happened last year, just assuming it's going to happen every year because it's the same player on the same team. So you don't go chasing waterfalls. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Like the waterfall I had with Anthony Nelson, the opposite rusher oh, there. Of course, the ended up with five and a half sacks, 46 combined, four tackles for a loss, six QB hits, did fairly well, one fumble recovery, three forced fumbles. Uh, I'd say. Um, and that wasn't eight games started. Fairly notable. It will be interesting. I this dude is a veteran. This is no uh he's no spring chicken. No, he's no greenhorn. So but as well, he's a fourth rounder from somewhere, 2019. So uh so 26. He might still have a couple uh, redraft years in him or something if they decide to let him uh get a shot again at the start the season. Uh who do they draft? Where do they go? What do they do? I mean, Tampa Bay's in a weird spot. They have a lot of changes they're going to be going through. I mean, they've mm -hmm. got to fix some offensive line issues. They've got to, you know, figure out are they going to have any receivers to throw the ball to? You know, are they going to, I mean, just all these different questions they're going to have to answer. So Nelson is definitely a name to, you know, at least keep on the radar if, if it was on the radar. Deep. Go deep. Go, go deep. He's not going to catch it. He's a lineman. They really don't have, they got hands like frying pans. Uh, oh, and that's uh, what, what was it on the combine that Nolan Smith? Oh, from ran, Georgia. Yeah, he could have caught it. He, he probably. I can't, my my arm ain't that good, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, that that, that dude was uh, wild. Uh, okay, so Petrie. So I guess my question to you on Petrie, Gary, seeing as Craig gave us a very wonderful rundown, is if you're trading the number one safety in football, what do you look for to trade him for? Petrie. So if number you're trading one. the – well, last year he was number one in fantasy football scoring from the safety position. So if you're looking to, to try to go to well, a if guy you, – If you can find somebody that's buying that stock, then you'd sell them for – I mean, well, you throw the bridge in for free. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know. If somebody's willing to actually come after a defensive back at this point, especially standard leagues, um, 
you know, ah, man. I mean, because I, mean, I mean, I guess you could ask this question about any of the kind of top guys. Do you think it's time to sell a guy? Where do we start? What do we start asking for? Because on the pro manager podcast, we got to help these guys manage what to do with the stock when it's time to sell these guys. So what you, you know, I'm not usually interested in getting more rookie picks or anything like that or something like that. So if you really want to get my interest, one, you um, you got to look at my roster and offer me something I need. Give me a defensive line upgrade. Uh, do something like that. Uh, if you start off offering some sort of decent offense for I, an IDP I have, whether I've got to add to or whatever, then you have my attention because that is something that's really carried me over the years in dynasty leagues is using those names. I'll tag them on to a wide receiver two or whatever I have to do to get that wide receiver one upgrade. Cause I know that on the waiver wire or in my little black book of secrets, I'm going to come up with a defensive back really fairly easy. And that's even, it's even more so now. So to me, if I want to, if I'm in an IDP league and say I am making an offensive trade, man, ask for any uh, any of my IDP guys as long as you make me happy. I, I can give a shit less because I'm, I mean, Roquan Smith. I love that name. I love that name. I love these names on here. But if you're buying and selling names, man, I, I got a sale. I'm selling. I, <laughs> all the sale you want, man. Just work the waiver wire. You'll, I like you'll be it. fine. Well, that's fun. And, and you know, but that's part of it, right? If you're, if you feel savvy at the IDP side, there's a lot of guys in your leagues that aren't right. So it's, it's easy to try to upgrade a position on the offense or, or something like that. I guess, Craig, the question I have back to you is if you're selling any of these elite kind of higher end pieces, what rookie picks would you ask for? Seeing as we know, Gary don't want none of those, those picks. He's an LA Rams offense guy. Uh, he doesn't want them picks. What do you do with those? It's going to matter, you know, we talk about balance format, that sort of balance across the IDP positions and what the different scoring does for those players. But what you got to look at is the balance of defensive scoring to offensive scoring, because that's going to give you an idea, like if a top end linebacker is a wide receiver too, or if you've really truly tried to balance it out. And if offense is relatively similar to defense, then you might be talking for a top IDP getting closer to that first round range. Are you going to find someone to give that? Maybe not. But in most of my leagues, the, the best IDP rookie players usually go in the late second round. If that's the case in your league and you already have one of the top guys, you probably want a little bit more than that because rookies, as much as we love them or most of us love them, they are lottery tickets. You don't truly know what you're getting in the NFL. So an established player that's mm. proven it's probably a little bit better than where the rookies start to go. A luxury. It is a luxury. But it's a luxury to get something like this as well. What's that? Your computer has another virus? Well, my friend, you need help to stop your obsession with the dirty O. All of this searching for air yards and yards after catch and blah, blah, blah. Stop your dirty O obsession by searching for the IDP Pro Players Podcast instead. And focus on the other side of the balls. I, I mean ball. The crew on the IDP Pro Players Podcast care about you and your technology by holding true to their no dirty O mantra. 
every week, Gary and John bring you the IDP content you need to save your rosters and dominate your league while avoiding the dirty O. So save your technology by tuning into the IDP Pro Players Podcast with your longtime and totally unoffensive veteran hosts, Johnny the Greek and Gary the IDP Tipster. Follow them on Twitter at capital I, capital D, capital P, R O. One word at the IDP Pro Players Pod. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You all guys right. know you guys know Benny Hill, right? Oh, yeah. I am aware of the yeah, Benny all Hill. Right. All right. Yeah, y'all's got grace on show. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being a kid, man, being a kid and watching those old... Uh, British reruns on like I don't know some obscure channel 19 XIX or something wasn't even a part affiliate or nothing back in those days <laughs> sneaking yeah. up I was probably 10 or 12 or something thought they was so dirty melons you gotta love melons I, I always enjoyed British comedy growing up you know the Monty oh, Pythons yeah. I mean all that stuff was just it's just funny just and slapstick oh it is it's so good I don't know though if it's as good as Cameron Curl though. Craig, how good is Cameron Curl? I like him. I mean, I don't like him as much as Gary likes him. But uh my thing about him is they've had like a mess sort of with their linebacker core the past couple of years in front of him, and he still hasn't, you know, hit that hundred tackle combined mark. Um, which makes me think it's probably not coming because it's starting to feel like they might have stuff figured out. Jim Davis showed a little bit more last year and you know, see if they bring back Cole Holcomb. So I like Cam Curl. I just don't think he has the ceiling of you know the guys we talked about in the top five or six. It almost feels like kind of the from, you know, I'll say six, from six to 16, it really could fluctuate. You know, as I was working on this and ready yeah. for the show, I kept moving guys around and, you know, and it was just, it's one of those where you're like, gosh, I like a situation. I mean, and even with Curl, he's got a great defensive line in front of him. Linebackers are not bad, but not amazing. So there's still some wiggle room where he could get in and get involved and get more tackles. But it's, it, I really could see it go either way for him if this defense keeps developing. You love him, Gary. So tell us why you love him. No, I don't think we'd be having this freaking conversation if it wasn't for him getting injured and for Derek force not breaking out you know james davis actually stepped up curl was out but i like curl i like his overall three to one solo to assist ratio yeah hell cut that in half i'm still in love he has a less less than a five percent tackle miss rate i i have no problem 
thinking that as long as Riviera is there, which, uh, you know, it does look like it maybe for a while longer, I think that they've discovered Curl and he's going to be an anchor of this defense, which works in his favor. There's still a huge amount of questions across the front line. The only thing that's really secure is Jonathan Allen. Because Payne, he had a good IDP season, but on paper, he really only deserved the tag. So I brought this up, I think, before. I'm wondering with this tag and not picking up Chase's fifth-year option, I believe, that they're going to see which one of these two actually deserve to get paid next year. But it's going to be a process. But the one thing that I don't question, because we also have to question, well, is Davis good enough? Is Holcomb going to come back and be able to stay on the damn field and be the guy that we, well, crowned him prior to the coming into this past season again because he finally did something? Curl, Curl and Derek Forrest right now, in my mind, are probably the most secure that I, I would go for, but they're defensive backs. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're defensive backs, so I'm only putting so much stock into that to begin with. But well, uh, well, I, I like Curl. I, I like what he brings to the table, and I think if he would have had a healthier season, I think that uh, we we wouldn't be having this discussion. Well, and Washington needs Rivera to stick around because they need to get some consistency. I mean, mm. they, they need to right this ship, right? The front office ownership, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty going on with things. They need a mm. guy to kind of weather the storm, and Rivera can do it. I mean, the guy's beating everything from cancer well, they, to – Making it to the to the championship with with Carolina way back in the day. I mean, mm-hmm. he may not be the best coach in football, but he's a good right. coach and he's good on defense. And this defense is getting better. You know, obviously they need to get their quarterback situation figured out. Is it Sam Howell? Is it somebody mm-hmm. else? I mean, there there's concerns there, but the defense is not a biggest, not as big a concern. You know, they got players at every level that are high end players, right? So I'm I'm with you. I mean, I think Cameron Curl, as long as he can stay healthy, he could. Consider moving into the top, you know, seven to six, five range mm-hmm. potentially, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because any of these guys could drop down. What if, uh, you know, what if Petrie has a rough go of it? What if, you know, Brisker doesn't right. take a or takes a backslide in year two? I mean, I can build a story where, you know, a guy like Cameron Curl or or even Kyle Duggar, who we'll talk about next, any of these guys kind of in the next three, four, five player positions could move up. So Kyle yeah. Duggar, though, is a guy that has been productive. For the Patriots, but what do you expect from him long term, Craig? Are you are you a fan of him? Do you think what do you get five to seven years still of good production? Where are you at? Yeah, I think you could get that out of him. The only concern and why I didn't have him, you know, really higher on mine is Bill Belichick, you know, playing games, and that's what Bill Belichick does, but how he uses these guys and how much they play. You know, he Duggar showed a lot, especially towards the end of his first year. Second year was a really big step forward for him in terms of production with big plays. You know, he went from one tackle for a loss to five, five pass deflections, four interceptions. I mean, in that couple of them this past year, but he just didn't play as much in terms of that, like a true safety and how he was used. So that's my concern. I love the player, maybe not as, uh, a fan for fantasy purposes of Belichick and how he's being used. I mean, can you trust any Patriots? I went through my roster. Hmm. I don't own a single Patriots player in fantasy football that I, that I found. Like I just, 
anytime i mean you can't trust the running backs you can't trust tight ends you can't trust defensive linemen i mean the, the only one times. yeah the only one that i got when it was so damn cheap was that breakout defensive lineman with wise check wins oh, check whatever uh, yeah. yeah yeah the kid is third yeah fourth fifth maybe six year guy with the Patriots. I can't remember. He'd been there for a while, but all of a sudden, bam, he was actually uh, serviceable. Maybe not so much in standard formats consistently, but deep formats. He was a superstar in a lot of leagues, especially as a waiver wire pickup. But that's but, not uh, a, that's not a normal occurrence, right? Like we're no, never, no, no, really no. that's definitely an outlier. We can't <laughs> depend on that this year. And just like Duger, uh, what concerned me and knocked him, knocked him down more, even, even though he, performs well on film he looks great in grades or whatever great in grades and all that but man when your consistency and snaps and roll vary you know depending on not only the scheming but personnel that's healthy or whatever they got going on because he is such a switch swiss army knife um it, it, add in those injuries a little bit that knocks it down. Availability means a lot to me. So I had them further down in my consensus. But again, that we're we've been throwing darts at DBs for their ceilings for a while now. Well, and and I think you're going to see an influx. I'm you know over these next few seasons of some really talented DBs. I mean, there's some guys coming mm -hmm. out of college that over the next years could be guys that we really bring into this conversation as they get in the league for two three years. So it wouldn't surprise me if you know. A couple of these guys are much further down the list in two years, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just because of circumstances and situations. I mean, it just is what it is, unfortunately. Uh, the last guy, our number 12, Julian Love from the Giants. Now, obviously, this Giants team surprised the world, made it to the playoffs, didn't look like they were out of place when they got there. Uh, they're trying to run back a bit. Got Daniel Jones, did a few things there. Craig, what do you think about Julian Love? How do you feel about him long term here? I like him. You know, they have two nice safeties there that are young, sort of, you know, akin to what Gary talked about with Washington. And when those two guys are Giants have Love and McKinney. Again, is it going to continue to be a mess as far as the linebacking core in front of them? I have to think Dable, with what he's shown in his first year in that front office, they're going to figure out something there for, you know, consistent linebacker that's going to be able to stay on the field. It's not just going to be those two guys mopping it up. But I still think with what he showed last year, you know, he's pretty young. I think he's only going to be 25 going into his fifth year here. He showed that uh, we talked about consistency here. When the team stopped moving him around like the prior coaching staff did, just, you know, had him as that safety, here's what you're doing. He excelled. So hopefully they're going to continue to do that. Is he going to get you the 125 or whatever combined tackles that he did this past year every year? Probably not. Again, that's a high mark. But uh, as far as back-end DB1 production or you know high DB2, I, I do think that is probably not necessarily just a ceiling, but you'll probably see him there for a couple of years. Gary, any final thoughts on Julian Love? Yeah, he's. it's kind of shocking if you would have asked us this question last year. But he's definitely become the safety to own in New York, or excuse me, the safety to manage in New York. And, um, and we already know that it's just a plentiful IDP productive position that he that he has. As long as he's in New York with the Giants, I'm sold. And I'm sold that he's going to probably I'm sold that he's going to be there. I don't know why, but probable. I'm sold that he's going to resign and be there. 
Um, the simple fact is he's kind of their draft prospect, their draft guy. They've brought him up as they've wanted um, the last couple of seasons, at least. So they've developed him. And I think that part of that development is why he's so damn good. And I don't think that they have any intentions of letting him walk. Somewhere else, he slips down. This is, you know, role position. What do you, they might, he might all of a sudden be a slot guy somewhere, might go up, might go down. Who knows? But, and with the Giants, he stays right here where he's at. The Giants' trajectory is definitely upward, right? I mean, good mm-hmm. coaching staff, and everybody's excited about the direction of this team. So, mm-hmm. be, watch how some of these IDP guys develop. Some of these, you know, the DBs, some of the young linebackers. Um, they've got some veteran linemen. I mean, it'll be a fun situation. And that's it, folks. We're done for the week. Oh, can I cor- I got you yeah. two cornered. I got two questions about free agency. First, All right. do you think John Johnson's going to be able to rebound? Did we talk about this last week? I don't think so. Not when I was on. I don't. I mean, I like John Johnson, but I think at this point, I'm I'm just going to let someone else deal with it. You know, whether it's, it's been kind of getting nicked up or the fact that he's getting aged, plus the fact that there's some young talent coming in. Like, okay, I think his window might be closed. What do you think, Craig? If I'm a contender and I'm looking for cheap depth, depending on where he goes, I think he could be useful. Is he going to be? The height of what he did with the Rams for those few years, probably not. But is he going to be better than he was with the Browns? I certainly think he still has that in him, yeah. Yeah, I think landing spot. Landing spot, roll. You know, we can see him go. And if somebody asks him to do exactly what he did for Cleveland last year and kind of fix or help run that secondary, you know, it's a new system. He might have another wall in his year. So, we we it's, it's a tough call. Uh, I... I just seen the Chuck Clark recently, I guess, of course, recently. Um, yesterday, I think. Yeah, I seen that news. Um, what's that do for Whitehead, Craig? I think they sort of play differently as it is to begin with. I mean, Clark, if you looked at his usage, to talk about guys being used all over, he was a, a double Swiss Army knife, just did freaking everything for the, the Ravens. And I think that's how he's best used. You know, if you want to have him as a strong safety or safety pseudo linebacker, he does great at that. But he can play all over, and he's efficient. And I think for a young secondary, they were ranked incredibly well. I think one in a lot of categories last year. Having a veteran presence that can also teach him a few things and make sure you know they keep their head on straight and don't blow assignments and that stuff can be incredibly effective at the NFL level. And hopefully it improves his IDP viability. You know, Chuck Clark was a guy, one of the first guys I remember looking at your stuff about Gary when you were talking to him up years ago. Mm. Uh, and he did fantastic when he was one of the two safeties and more that strong safety role. Once he I starts being used all over, it can help the team more, but it hurts you for IDP quite often. So I mm. like his prospects better going to this situation. Yeah, I think he fits Robert Sala's defense uh, very well. I mean, he's he's kind of the 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 guy that that defense needed to be a leader in the back end there. So it's I think it helps both him and I think it helps my Kyle Hamilton shares, which I am yeah. all about. That I mean, big yeah. year two yeah. jump for Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, that that was a nice little pat on the back for Hamilton. All right, we'll get rid of the drama this year. You did all right. You did all right. <laughs> you didn't look out of place, kid. So let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I like Clark in New York. I'm I'm waiting to see. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it a little bit, see what they do with the rest of this defense. 
I mean, and that, the unfortunate thing is you have to kind of be TBD until we get through free agency and we mm-hmm. kind of, then we reset the board and say, okay, this is what they address in free agency. This is obviously still their needs. And then, right. then you, then you have to do it again after the draft. Right. I mean, they bring right. in a, a young stud safety and we're like, all right, well, what does this do? Is this Kyle Hamilton 2.0 now where yeah. Chuck Clark's just a placeholder. So that means, okay, I get a year out of him maybe. Or, I, right. I mean, it's right. It's a weird situation. It's always tough to kind of rebalance and, and restack your deck for that, but you have to. I mean, you have to kind of constantly be pivoting in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to love talking about this. I think we got one more. Maybe maybe next week we'll skip ranking defensive linemen, folks, because I think next week we ought to talk free agency or something. Wow, we'll, we'll, we'll be we'll lots of free up. agency to talk about, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll huddle up, so. We'll, we'll see about that bit defensive lineman rankings and that, you know, dire straits are finished in the second part of this list. Hey, right. I'm going to shut up now. No need to shut we up. All. That's what we're here for. We're yeah. here to banter yeah. about and have a good time and talk IDP because you know, yeah, we love true. it. Yeah. So we thank you guys always for hanging out with us. As always, if you get to this point in the video, we love you. We appreciate it. Hit that like that subscribe, the notification. We will talk next Friday morning.